Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good morning, Brittany. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Sam? Good. I know this is more my ample time to record. Typically, we record in the in the afternoon, and I know I'm a morning person, so I'm like ready to rock and roll. How does it feel to be recording before 1 p.m. today? You know, I don't normally kick off my day with caffeine. I'm normally like have that little bit of caffeine in the afternoon to keep me going, but I started with caffeine today to make sure that I was ready to go for this. Oh, that's the secret to being a morning person. If you're getting up before 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., you I mean, you should be – it's 9, 300 milligrams deep, minimally. <laughs> so you didn't know. Everyone talks about being a morning person, maybe with the exception of like Tom Brady who doesn't drink caffeine. I think that's the only way to do it is to be highly caffeinated. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I But I'm ready. I'm excited. It was a, a fun weekend this weekend. So we're recording on a Monday, which is also unique for us. Um, but I'm excited. We watched some football this weekend. So I know that's basically what everybody is talking about right now. I'm assuming that you guys watch some football uh. too. Yeah, I mean, I watched some flag football. My son plays football. He he won. His team won this weekend. He's officially the QB, so that's exciting. And then we went into college football after we got home from that game, and then we also advanced ourselves into the NFL by Sunday. So we are full swing into football in our house for sure. I love it. Yep. So are we. Um, we're house divided in our house, um, but it's fun to watch games regardless. Yeah, I think – well, you know, I, I just really went with my husband's team because I don't care and honestly, it's just easier that way. But, you know, our son forsaked us and said, I don't like being a loser. So I think instead of liking the Bears, I'm going to I'm gonna be a Packers fan now. <laughs> and so at age five is when that happened. But, you know, football is football is a franchise. And I think that I always forget that when they say, oh, the most prolific franchise. And I heard it a few times and it kind of hits home, you know, for me because it's like, oh, yeah, this is essentially a franchise. It, it's very similar. There's rules. The team that you choose to put around you absolutely dictates your success. You really do have to bet on yourself for these owners and players and coaches and different things. So there's a lot of parallels, although it may not seem like it, to traditional franchising that we talk about. Mm -hmm. There are. There are. Definitely most men's favorite franchise when they sit back and think about it is the NFL. Um, but one of the things that I think is really cool, the parallels is, you know, having that camaraderie and that team, certainly what you're talking about with, um, you know, having rules and regulations. But the other part that I love is when you're in a franchise system, you're not on that island, which we've talked about the entrepreneurial island. You've got a team around you, which is great. I think that's so key. And I think the other thing is you have a playbook. And that's such a big deal. It's, you know, great coaches of at any level have an amazing playbook. And I think great franchisors have great playbooks too. And that's why people buy into franchising is for the playbook. Because if you've got a junior varsity coach 
and you're at the NFL level, it definitely shows <clears throat> as a Bears fan. Um, but I think it's definitely something that we see people <laughs> no no harm, no shade, <laughs> but we we did win. <laughs> but I do think you have to choose wisely, you know, who you go into business with and what playbook you follow. And I think the other thing, as we talk about the NFL and we talk about, you know, any kind of franchise, there's a set of rules and regulations and laws that you have to understand and you have to be comfortable with heading into any business structure. And I think that's a great way to segue into our guest today because we have a franchise law expert. Attorney Houston Barnes is with us on our podcast today. Good morning, Brittany and Sam. Thank you so much for having me on this morning. And it, it was a it was a very exciting weekend of football. So it's always who's your team, Houston? We have to know. Uh, I I was born in North Carolina, born and raised. So I'm I'm a Tar Heel fan, which doesn't give you a, a whole lot to cheer for in football. But it, it was a fun weekend, whether it was uh, Marshall beating Notre Dame or App State beating Texas A&M. It's, it's always fun to cheer for the extreme underdog going against the, the, the big dog. So it was always fun watching that this weekend. Yeah. Yep. I um, I was Carolina raised, so I'm a, a Patriots fan by birth and inherited the Panthers when we moved to the Carolinas as a kid. So we primarily are a Carolinas household for sure. And that was a tough loss for the Panthers yesterday. I know. I know it was. My stepmom was texting me about it. Definitely a tough loss. Well, we are so excited to have you on today. What you do is such an important part of franchising and, and helping our clients in the franchise exploration process. So maybe start with us just telling about your background and kind of what led you to franchise law. So when I graduated law school close to 20 years ago, it's small business law helping entrepreneurs is really where i wanted to focus and so for years i worked with uh, emerging businesses small businesses people who wanted to really create their own path in this world and as i went through that i would say five or six years ago i i started to get a few clients trickle in that were in the world of franchising and when it comes to the legal industry the world of small business contract law and franchising could not be more dif different. They, they seem like they're similar, but the world of franchising is just its own different beast. And as I worked more and more with people in franchising, it really just became a fascinating industry to me. Uh, the opportunities that are there for people, the way it's structured, it, it, it just, I just fell in love with it. And I fell in love with how helpful and how transformative it could be in people's lives. Uh, it being such a specialized area of law, there are also very, very, very few attorneys who practice this type of law. And so it is a niche that I got into. And as I expanded and became known in, in the industry, it's now gotten to the point where I do just a phenomenal volume of deals because I'm so trusted in the industry as somebody who knows franchising and is coming at it 
from that perspective, not from the perspective of a general practitioner law. It's, it's, you think of a contract or small business attorney as your general practitioner uh, doctor, you go in for flu shots, your franchise attorney really should be your cardiologist, should be the person who they know this one specific area of law and they know it really well and that's where you focus. And it's just, it's an area of law I enjoy, but the people and the help and business that I get to provide to people, it's just, it, it gives me energy every day to wake up and, and work. That's so phenomenal. And, and I think, you know, speaking from our experience, you know, working on the other side, Brittany and I had a great volume of clients, you know, much higher volume when you're working for a franchisor. And so it's interesting because you would review the same contract, but with the same amount of vigor every time, even having read it a few times, listening to what the client wants, understanding what they need. And I think that's a really special person that can put, you know, anybody at ease with the contract that understands where to push and where to pull. And you're right. Franchise law is like cardiology. It's incredibly specific. It takes a very detailed person to understand exactly what it takes to do that. And when you're starting to talk about what you offer in the franchise space, you're also a very specific practitioner. So what type of services do you specialize in? So as you look at getting into franchising, for a legal standpoint, everything revolves around the franchise disclosure document. The Federal Trade Commission requires that anyone getting into franchising receives a franchise disclosure document. Some states have state-specific law, but that document, for anyone who's ever seen one, is 150 to 400 pages long, and it is just chock full of information. It's all the information the franchisor chooses to give you and all the information that they are required to give you. And in general, they're, they're pretty standard. So the Federal Trade Commission sets out how that document needs to be laid out. And then even with how it's laid out, because of the nuances of the franchise world, most franchises are set up very similar similarly. So as you talk about doing a high volume, doing the same thing over and over. In one way, you're seeing a very similar contract, a very similar document many, many times. The big difference is every time I read one, I'm reading it on behalf of someone else. And I always want to talk to that person first. And when I talk to client, I want to know why they're getting into it, what their concerns are, what they're excited about. And then as I go through the document, I'm not reading it as attorney Houston Barnes. I'm reading it as attorney on behalf of my client. And how am I going to get them the most value, the most protection? What can I get out of that document that is best for them? And again, that document, that governs everything. When you're entering into a franchise, hopefully you're looking at the next 10, 20, 30 years of your life in a multi, multi-million dollar business. And so every little detail matters, whether it be the financial details within the document or the legal details, because even if things don't go sideways, which they sometimes do, even going straight forward, you want to know what the rules of the road are so you can maximize what you're getting out of your business. 
I think most people that haven't explored franchise ownership before don't really know much about that document, you know, and it is a lengthy document. And unless you are an attorney, it's not something that you're familiar with or comfortable with. There's a lot to get through. You know, I'm curious what made you, my understanding is you work exclusively with potential franchisees as they're exploring the document. Um, you're not working with, on the franchisor side. Is that correct, Houston? First of all, let me make a, a, a quick clarification just just so, so your folks listening understand. You say when you go through that document, it's hard to understand if you're not a lawyer. These documents are so specific and so nuanced. Getting back to the cardiology example, I all the time get clients who come to me who have hired another attorney who struggle mm -hmm. getting through the document because they're not franchise specific attorneys. Um, it, it is a big document. It is regulated, but it is like nothing else after practicing law for 15 years. And I've done healthcare, I've done technology, I've done manufacturing. Franchising is a whole different beast. So that's that's point one. Um, I'm sorry, your second question was or your primary yeah. question. Yeah, and I, we totally agree with you. We tell people all the time, you know, they will have a friend or a family member or some other type of attorney they've worked with on something else. And we tell them, you need to work with a franchise attorney because these documents are specific. And I love your cardiology example. Um, my question is just, do you work, my understanding is you work exclusively with people that are potentially going to purchase a franchise. Is that correct? And if so, help me understand, help our listeners understand why you've decided to focus on that portion of franchise law. So when franchising first crossed my desk, it, it crossed it on both sides. I, I knew people who owned small businesses who said, Houston, can you help me franchise this business? And then I would have clients come to me who said, Houston, I want to buy into a franchise. Here's a franchise disclosure document. Will you help me do that? And, and for a number of years, I straddled both sides. So I have written many franchise disclosure documents. Um, I have reviewed many franchise disclosure documents. What you'll find in, in this area is that most attorneys who get into the franchise law area they really go in one direction or the other. You, it, it really behooves yourself to specialize either on the franchisor side or franchisee side. So there are a small handful of attorney of attorneys who I trust in this industry, and at this point, I don't know any of them that do both sides. Um, I personally only do franchisee side, and I'll tell you. It's because I enjoy the people. I cannot imagine the franchisor side just doing the drafting and legal work behind franchise disclosure documents every day. That is a very mechanical process, and it's one where you're dealing with companies, people come and go. But on the franchisee side, that's when you really pick up the phone every single day and you're talking to somebody who says, you know what, I'm in corporate America and I'm about to live my dream and own my own business. You're talking to people who are ready to make a change, people who are excited about their future. 
And so on the franchisee side, it is, I do over 200 deals a year. So it is over 200 people every year that come across my desk that they call me up, they're smiling, I'm smiling, and I really get to help them. So my focus is 100% on the franchisee side. You, you also, from a technical standpoint, if you're doing both sides, franchisor and franchisee, you may have conflicts of interest. You may not be able to take on everybody. At the end of the day, the only people who put money in my pocket is people who are getting into franchising. So I can tell you, I'm never going to have a conflict with a franchisor. I'm never going to have a conflict with a franchise consultant. If you are looking to get into franchising, call me up and there will not be a conflict and we're going to get excited and figure out how to get you the most value out of this. That's why we like working with you because I think if you're writing a franchise disclosure document, you're going through, you're coming at it from that point, from the point of the franchisor. And franchisors need to protect themselves. I understand that. I've been in systems with fantastic franchisors, with very moderate franchisors, and some that you know weren't that great. But at the end of the day, they're very specific about who they want to bring in. And the document is written truly to protect the integrity of the system. So a, a potential franchisee needs somebody on their side as they're reading the document. They need somebody that's really well-versed in franchise law. So when you're working through these legal reviews for clients, what are some things that people should be looking for? That is one of the most common questions I get and one of the most difficult questions to answer. When you're given a franchise disclosure document, you're you're given 200 pages and it just seems absolutely overwhelming. The first, I would say 40 or 50 pages is what the Federal Trade Commission requires you to, as a franchisor, to set out for the franchisee with the goal of putting it in plain English. Read those first 50 pages. I challenge you to find someone who thinks that those first 50 pages are in plain English, but they're as about plain English as you can get. And in those first 50 pages where they go through the items of disclosure, what's important, what's not important. This is a horrible attorney answer to give, but it's all important. It's all there for a reason. Again, multi-million dollars you're investing the next 30 years of, of your life. I, I never encourage anybody to skip over any sections. Um, go through, read that disclosure document, read what's in there. You're not going to understand it all. And that's fine. But if you get somebody like me who does see these all the time, that's when we have the conversation. That's when you say, Houston, I read this sentence and it did not make complete sense to me. Can you explain it to me? And I can take it from the legal language to the FDD has broken down a little bit and I can break it down even more for you. And what's also important to point out here is when folks ask, what's important here? What should I pay attention to? If there were a few areas, then that would make my job and everyone's life a lot easier. What's important to pay attention to is what's important to you. Again, I want to talk to every client before I read the franchise disclosure document, and I want to spend time with them after I review all their documents. Because what is important to client number one is going to be very different than what's important to client number two. 
I had a client uh, a few weeks ago who came on and I got on the phone with him and he was opening up an oil change business. And he said, Houston, I got one thing that's most important that we need to figure out in this document. And, and I said, okay, it's not an uncommon thing to hear. He said, I own a Pepsi distributorship and I want to be able to give free Pepsis to every single one of my clients. And we need to make sure that that is built in in multiple places in my contract. Never in my life would I have seen that coming. I bet you in the rest of my career, I don't see another client who is sensitive to the ability to give away free Pepsi branded products. But that is an extreme example of that was his sensitivity. And that's what we built everything around him with. That's such a great example and what a unique example. You're so right. What is important to me may not be as important to Sam, you know, even from a legacy standpoint, transfers, stuff like that. She's, she has kids. I don't yet. Um, so even small items like that could really make a difference. What I would love for you to do is just give us a timeline, help our listeners understand when should they start the legal process and what should they anticipate that process, maybe timeline, give us some color on when they should start and what to expect. Again, you're asking a, a lawyer a question and a lawyer's <laughs> favorite answer to a question is it depends. <laughs> but let me, um, let me give you some, some, some few guidelines. First of all, get the franchise disclosure document as early in the process as you can from the franchisor. When you get it, read it as early as, as you can. There may be something in there early on that's a showstopper for you or something that really is a theme that you're going to want to continue through the whole process. So you're gonna receive the franchise disclosure document. You're gonna have some discovery days. You're gonna have some validation calls. You're going to, go through that entire process as far as engaging an attorney people engage me at at all different phases so there are some folks who very early on get the franchise disclosure document and they say houston let's do it let's jump right into it i want to know all the nitty-gritty details so as i go through those phases as i go to discovery day as i have my validation calls as i talk to the owner as i visit stores i want to have in my mind these concerns, these questions, everything that you have been able to bring to my attention. There are some folks who feel more comfortable who say, you know what, I don't want to bring on an attorney until I know for sure this is what I'm gonna get into and I want them to be my final backstop. And so those folks go through all the process and then as they get closer to signing day, they send me the agreement and say, more or less, Houston, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm happy to do that. My recommendation for folks is if this is a franchise that you like, that you're interested in, that you feel confident you're going to move forward with, the earlier in the process you can engage me, the more information you will have at your fingertips. And having more information is nothing but value add to the process. That being said, I do everything for a flat fee as well. So no matter when you engage me, from that moment you engage me until you sign that final franchise agreement, you're gonna have my cell phone number, you're gonna be able to call me, you're gonna be able to text me, and you're gonna say, Houston, is this normal? Is that normal? You can use me as a resource 
to get you through all those stages. So the earlier, the better, but engage your franchise attorney somewhere in the process to make sure that you're protected. So you're saying start early, but not too early because I don't need you calling me and texting me. I might have to charge you another rate <laughs> if, you're, if you're starting too early. <laughs> I've had a few clients where I think you would be like, sir, you're paying me $20 an hour at this point. <laughs> well, we we all, so, so we, we all have run into this issue. I have clients who pay me my flat fee and I have maybe spent six minutes on the phone with them and, and they're very happy with my service. And that's wonderful. I have clients who over the course of three or four weeks, I will talk to for almost an hour a day. And, um, it's, it's, that's okay with me because this is, they're going through a life-changing process. I mean, I, I know I've been there with things I've done in, in my life and I want to be there to support them. And as long as they're coming at it from a genuine and friendly manner, I'm happy to be that resource. I love to hear that. So you're dealing with 200 plus clients a year at this point in time. What are some of the most common misconceptions that you've seen around legal reviews and franchising? The most common misconception I think in franchising is that they are going to give you a franchise agreement and you need to sign it. That there's no negotiation, no discussion, that there's no need to bring a franchise attorney to get involved in the process. And that's simply not true. I would say, I don't have the numbers here, but I would say 60 to 70% of my clients, we end up negotiating the franchise agreement. We end up doing some sort of addendum that changes some of the terms of that agreement. So that's that's one side. There's the other side, and there is a large amount of franchisors out there who say, this is our franchise agreement. We will not change a single punctuation mark. This is what it is. Take it or leave it. In those cases, I think it's just as important to get a legal review because not only do I have calls coming into me saying, Houston, I'm looking at getting into franchising, help me with the front part. But I do get calls of people saying, Houston, I've been in a franchise three months, six months, three years, and I was expecting one thing. And here's what I actually got. And I'll say, hey, did you have an attorney go through this with you? They'll say no, but I, I skimmed through it myself. They said there were no changes. So what was the point of having an attorney go through it? And they'll shoot me over the document. And I'm so familiar with it. I can take about 45 seconds and say, you know what? Clear as day right here. It says that they will do X, Y, Z or they will not do X, Y, Z. And the person will hit themselves in the head and say, wow, had I read that? then I would have treated this completely differently. So this is a very dense document. And part of my process is pointing out to folks in their particular agreement what I think they need to pay attention to because I have seen people come back because they glanced over it, but it really does make a difference in the personality of, of how you do that franchise. So even if a franchisor says they don't negotiate, one, there may be room for negotiation, Two, even if there's not room for negotiation, another set of eyes, someone else helping you understand exactly what you're getting into, that could pay off dividends down the line. 
Absolutely. Just having somebody in your corner that helps you understand that document is so critical. You talked about the fact that you've worked uh, in business law, working with small business owners, working with in healthcare, IT, all different things. What is your ultimate personal compelling reason for choosing franchising as your specialty? Again, it's it's the people. As, as as you guys see in your business as franchisors I talk to every day, as clients that I talk to every day, we're we're changing people's lives. We are giving people the opportunity to be their own boss, to run their own business. We are putting them in systems that are legitimate business systems that are going to be able to provide themselves a life for their family that they want to live. And people are excited to get it. The clients that I talk to who have been in it for years, they enjoy it. It really is all about the people. And it's it's not about the process. It's not about big business. It is about changing what this country looks like. And when I tell people I'm, I'm a franchise attorney, people, immediately think McDonald's or Wendy's and I take one stretch of road on my in my town and I say go down that road and look to your left and right almost every business you pass is likely to be a franchise it touches and affects so many people's lives and the people who come to your house for services franchising is everywhere and it really is this ubiquitous industry that is wonderful, filled with wonderful people, and really makes a difference in a lot of lives. You know, it's so crazy. We have people that are on this podcast from all different parts of franchising, franchisees, franchisors. You're our first attorney we've had on for free legal advice. You're not even charging us, which is fantastic. So we didn't even have to pay the flat rate to have you on here. <laughs> so I think it's so interesting that every single person comes in and really talks about the people. And we always joke, we're like, should we even have this podcast because the people are so fantastic? We don't want everyone to know. It's like if any, if everyone knew how great the people in franchising were. I'm scared it would be like med device sales. There'd be millions and millions and millions of us involved. So a part of me is like, let's just keep this Fran family <laughs> a little bit smaller. But the people are so great. As I said, I've worked in a lot of industries I've, and, and not just legal. I mean, I've been to conferences with bankruptcy attorneys. I've been to conferences with banking attorneys. I've been to healthcare conferences. Some of the most genuine fun people that you can be around are when you get a group of franchise industry experts together, whether it be a conference or anything else. This really is an amazing community of wonderful people. I could not agree more. And we do have to let people know ahead of time, the bar does need to be fully stocked because <laughs> business ownership is not always easy. <laughs> but That is I, correct. <laughs> yeah. I have, um, you know, I've taken a lot of things today to heart because I think that, you know, you think you know a lot of things as you go through and spend your career in franchising. 
But as you spoke today, I thought, okay, that's something that I hadn't really thought of, or I, I don't think that I saw it from that perspective. So I would love to hear from you, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? That's a really interesting question. And, and, and I'm not sure that I can answer that as the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten as more than a rule that I live by and the piece of advice that I most like to give, which is to communicate. And it is to over communicate. Um, when, when something goes wrong on a call with a client, the worst thing you can do is hang up that phone and let it fester and let a third party find out from someone else. If something goes on, communicate, call the other person and say, hey, something's about to go down. This has happened. If you make a mistake with a client, if you make a mistake with a friend, with a colleague, pick up the phone, take a deep breath. Colleague, I made a mistake. There is nothing I think more detrimental in relationships, whether it be personal or business, than lack of communication. I'm, there was an, an issue this weekend with some youth sports in our town and it was not a very big deal Saturday morning, but by Sunday morning, it grew into a very big controversy solely from a lack of communication. So what I tell people, if ever in doubt, communicate. Even if you don't have anything to say, let them know, I don't have anything to say. I hope to have something to say soon. I hope to have an answer soon. I'm working on it. But the last thing that humans want is to not be communicated with. So my number one piece of advice for anyone and everybody is to communicate often. I think that should be the new golden rule. <laughs> I mean, youth sports are rough enough. That made me laugh. I had to mute myself during that because I thought I can only imagine what that Facebook group looked like. <laughs> but... Exactly. Exactly. Well, Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you sharing things with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both for having me on uh, barneslaw.com. For anyone on here, I'll give you my cell phone. My cell phone is 919-636-1522. That's how open I am. Seriously, call me, text me anytime questions. I'm here for my clients, but I'm also here for the general world of franchising because we need good people getting in and we need that everybody has free and open access to as much information as possible. And if I can be one of those sources of valued information, I'm here for it. So um, reach out anytime if you're in, in the industry, let me know how I can help and let's keep making people's dreams come true. And ladies and gentlemen, he is taken. Do not be texting that phone number. We do not need any drama started from this podcast. (laughs) You have been warned. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it and hope that you have a great day. Thank you both so much. Y'all have a wonderful day as well. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath. 
Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.